This episode of The Patch is brought to you by Hulu Plus. Watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere with Hulu Plus. On your TV or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. Shows like Family Guy, Once Upon a Time, New Girl, Scandal, and more. Right now you can try Hulu Plus free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash patch. The Welcome patch. to the patch. That was a dramatic pause. That was like very that? Thank good. You. It was well done. Yeah, yeah, you had me hanging on your every word. I can't right. believe I'm calling oh, the wow. intro. That was so dramatic. They ran the intro twice. <laughs> They're like, are they live? <laughs> they go, make them go again. Hit them again. All right, I'm Ashley. Hey, I'm Bernie. And sorry, I'm not Meg. I'm Ryan this time. Well, you're nearly as pretty. Ashley, Meg's <laughs> <laughs> doing from off camera. All right, let's talk about this week. A lot of stuff has come up. In the past week, I mean, last week we focused mainly on the Steam sale. You were not here. I was not. Do you want to catch us up? What did you buy anything on the Steam sale? Uh, yes, I did. What did I buy? I bought FTL finally, which uh, so did I. Absolutely, as hard as Gus said, it's very a difficult. hard game. And now that you said mm-hmm. that, you're gonna get nothing. Not that you care, but you'll get nothing but tweets of people going, oh, "I finished the first time." Like, oh, oh, is it just me so or was it really easy? I didn't, Look, even, I didn't even know that was a normal setting. Fifty percent of that game is luck, and that is not something that I commonly come into the game with. So, I mean, it's a game. Are you that an you unlucky can... player? I'm a pretty unlucky player, yeah. Huh. In my video gaming experience, like, if there's a. I'm the Murphy's Law case as of players. Here's what I think, though. I think. Mm. I, I know what you're talking about. Like, mm. you have things that happen, you think, oh, there's no way. This is so unlucky. But the times you get away with just raw luck and you beat a level that everyone else has problems, you would never know that, right? I always I think about that right, when I'm hunting just, an you achievement. Just think that was an easy level. Yeah. Right. Like, I always think about when I'm hunting an achievement, that there's some people who are just like, oh, what was that achievement? Oh, well, whatever. They moved on. Yeah, because they got it for whatever reason, but Mm -hmm. I'm, like, hunting all around the goddamn map trying to find this one thing Mm -hmm. that'll trigger the event. And then I know there's, like, probably hundreds of thousands of people who just, like, got it with no effort whatsoever. Well, FTL kind of rubs your face in it, though, because it's like, you need a series of things to go right. For It's like, okay, I've got to get some more scrap. I've got to get this new weapon. I've got to get some, you know, something. And it's like, well, maybe it's there, maybe it's not. Maybe have, I don't like you today. Hey, exactly. Maybe have, I'll pee on your face. Have you yet gone well, down the well, rabbit okay. hole? It escalates that quickly. That's that was a quick escalation. <laughs> Listen, I've... it's a weapon upgrade that you can get. It is <laughs> the face the urinator. urinator. <laughs> it hits you. Have you gone on the rabbit hole of uh, unlocking ships yet? I've gotten a few of them. The quest, even the unlock ship things, like the I guess achievements or whatever those old things, whatever they call them, are really hard. Like yep. get six different alien races on at the same time. Yep. I mean, those are things that are not easy to do. In a, in a way, it's like it's it's I it's a pretty typical model, I think. But the way they implement it in an FTL is great because they become their own mini games. Like I'm just gonna play this run of FTL just to get the stealth ship. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do, you know. And so it actually adds a long tail to that game, especially when you're someone like me who can't fucking beat it after two <laughs> years of playing the game. Have you ever beat it? I've never beaten it. There's a flagship at the end of the game that you have to fight. And I think you have to fight it four times, and I've gotten through two of the four battles before it wow. just like beats the shit out of me. Yeah, it's I'm, terrible. It's, I'm terrible at it. I think so far I've only been to the last screen twice. Are you playing on normal? Or are you playing on easy? I'm playing on easy. Now. Everyone plays. I was on easy. playing on normal, but then I backed it off. There is no normal. There's only difficult. I wondered more about difficult. that. Yeah, oh God, easy. Just like you get more <laughs> scrap and all that stuff. It's not. I so how do you FTL. go about collecting the other ships? Like, is it some like how do you unlock them? There's is conditionals, something- like he was saying. Like you have to get six different alien races on one ship. Is one unlocked for one variant of one species okay. ship? There's one where it's like a quest where you get like a certain kind of alien. You get it out of a stasis tube. You have to take it to its home planet. Then you get that ship. I mean, there's there's lots. They're all very very specific. There's one like a, there's an achievement I think to get all the way 
to the last sector and not do something really basic, like not fire. Something. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, there's some achievement based on that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you unlock something. It's hard. It's All hard. their achievements basically I, unlock shit. I bought it. I don't dare play it because of conversations like this. I'm I've come to the realize the realization that just in general, I'm bad at games. <laughs> I like them a lot. I stick with them, but I've been playing Guacamelee and I Free I think with it's gold just right now. Is it? Yeah, because yeah. it's now July. Um, How do you I've, feel about that? Because you were a world champion in Rainbow Six at one point when you what, were competitively it, gaming. It wasn't easy. I was training like eight hours a day. It's hard not to get good when you that's all you do. Right, yeah. Well, I would, yeah, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I can play a lot of Rainbow Six and not get to be that level, but yeah. But like when you, but when you get to the point where you're just like, I'm playing whatever I want, it turns out I have really, really shitty timing with platformers, <laughs> which is a bad thing when platformers are like kind of what I'm playing right now. Watching you play Guacamelee has been fun. You get that angry face when you play. I always have that angry face when I play. Yeah, I know, but this is like serious, like this is the, the rage yeah, face. Well, yeah, I, I feel a bit bad. Um, the you know, JD and uh, and Teddy were playing in the same room. They were playing their games, and I'd be sitting over in the corner going, "God damn it!" <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, "What's what's the deal?" And I'm like, "This thing." I'm just... <laughs> JD's like, very level headed. So he never gets mad at games, and if I get, I always get mad at games. He's like, "Okay, take it easy, everybody." <laughs> yeah, you know, Bernie did me a big favor though. There was one fight. Do you ever get that like? There's one encounter or something that, for whatever reason, seems made specifically to be impossible for you as an individual. Like yes. they, they did some research, really found your weaknesses, and felt like tweaking you a little bit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah Data like, mining. <laughs> they got on your Facebook profile. I, I had one that was a grouping of these three different types of enemies, and they all had these different shields, and you had to get each one of them unshielded separately and then kill them. It and it was hard. this whole big thing. And uh, they grouped up. So it's like I could never get an attack off because... At all times, one of them was hitting me. Mm -hmm. It was just the most frustrating thing. I must have tried that particular encounter for like two hours. I even did that thing where I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come back tomorrow. And what happened? What happened? Okay. How'd you get past it? Yeah, this, I was coming to that, and uh, now you just ruined it. The segue. So I'm setting you up. How'd you get past? Uh, how'd eventually, you get past this hard part of the game. Eventually, segway. Bernie comes in and he goes, he goes, what's this? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is a fight. It's killing me. And he's like, all right, well, show me the buttons. And so I'm like, all right, this is jump and this is attack, and you do this thing here and this thing. And then like five minutes later, he's like, you're done. <laughs> hero. He beat it for me. Hero. And I can't kill a saber. And he's tiger. so humble about hero. it, too. It's like that the humility that's Ryan, just I don't get these off moments of often. <laughs> I got to milk them when I get them. Yeah. yeah. The game is fun, though. And mm -hmm. it's I believe it, it is, is coming to the 360 and Xbox One this week. Uh, it's out now. Yes. Line. It just released. The, so I've been playing the Guacamelee Gold Edition for PC. But the... Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition is what just came out for Ooh. Xbox One, Xbox 360, and PS4. Because it, it was already on PS3 and PS Vita, so this mm. is like the new ones for the consoles that did. Oh, and Wii U, uh, for all the consoles that didn't have it. But you were playing with an Xbox One controller on the PC, mm -hmm. and now I read recently the guy who got the million gamer score, Ray Cox, I believe is his name. Stallion eighty three. Stallion eighty three. Yeah, he was just he just tweeted just before he came in here that he was very excited that Guacamelee has uh, a thousand gamer score, mm -hmm. and he called. It's funny because he called it a, an arcade title. That calling the downloadable titles arcade titles on the Xbox, they're never going to unbrand that. That is what people call those titles. I mean, yes and no. I, I, they have definitely done away with that and giving it the the gamer the equal gamer score is probably going to help, probably. But you will get that is a distinction that people are probably going to use arbitrary arbitrarily for a long time just to say 
this is a digital only game. Mm-hmm. Like well, you can't get this game retail. I mean, there's still a distinction. And also, like it's a like the skill of it is yeah. a bit smaller. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's still a distinction in like what a full retail would be, and you can usually tell by price. It's like yeah, this one's half as much as that one, uh, and it's not going to be as long of a game. So yeah. I mean, that's still got to exist. There still needs to be a place for that shorter game, even if we're not going to call it arcade game. Right. What do you want to call it? Like it needs a name. Like you wouldn't call it less game. It ne- yeah, it's like <laughs> game minus. It's, it's a half discount. game. Yeah, mm. it's a it's an almost game. It's a most a game. It's a pseudo game. How do you write this game? Yeah, it's a, it's a game. Game light. Game. You would. I don't, they would never game do that. Sixty. I think arcade was fine, Wait, and I don't that. know why they tried to get away from arcade. Sometimes the Xbox One, its first year, was like a case of why fix something that's clearly not broken. Like mm-hmm. the buttons for back and start. They have unnamed those buttons, and now I have they're no now, idea what they're called. They're now like snap and yeah, now we list. got. They're oh, called no, I guess, easy. And... You got two boxes, and you got parallel lines. Right. You got paragraph and document. <laughs> it's like that's. I don't know what those buttons are. Now all we need is the the giant save button. How yeah. do you feel about somebody playing a game on the PC with an Xbox controller? You're the PC master race. I, I think some games it's very appropriate. Honestly, like trying to drive uh, in, say, GTA 4 with just a you know keyboard and mouse is atrocious because there's some games you need that, you know, not on-off switch. You need a button that has some give to it, mm-hmm. some varying levels. And, you know, unless you want to get a separate controller for a PC, you, uh, 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 actual console controller is perfectly acceptable. The W key just doesn't do that. It doesn't. It's on no. or off. It's like full speed. Or it's like how Gavin drives, honestly, in every <laughs> video game. It's like all or nothing. Honestly, it's how I drive in real life. I'm really <laughs> guilty of that. I'm like accelerator on, accelerate off, accelerate on. I'm That's not... That's just because you like making your car go. No, but it's just the way I've always... Also, like people... you hate fuel economy. Apparently. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> hate fuel economy. I really do. The uh, this, That brings me to another thing, though, that came up this week, which is last week they had Xbox One or recently they had Xbox One uh, PC drivers that came out this week. Uh, the PS4 controller can now be used wirelessly on the PS3 mm-hmm. if you do a firmware update. I, I love that because I one of the things I always hated long term about the Sony uh, console is I never liked that controller. And I'm sure there's lots of people who that's all they play with is that one. I love the PS4 controller. It's my favorite controller right now. That thing is awesome. Yeah, and it'd be great for them too because they get rid of the whole P- the DualShock Three line can just yeah, go away. The, I'm with Bernie. I mm-hmm. never liked the PS3 controller. It always felt too light. I felt like I was going to break it at any time. I don't normally get controller breaky, but that one worried me. I felt like my thumbs were rotated down like this, and they were even. It's like it's like I felt like the th- thumbstick should have been more up here, and I felt like they were more down. Like I had to rotate my hands. To well, I mean that's that. Orientation seems like you just got really accustomed to where it was was on the 360, and you're no right question. relative to that. No that question. would be where it would be. So that being said, I prefer the PS4 controller to the Xbox One controller. Do you? Yeah, I like the Why? 360 controller a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just really like the feel of the PS4 controller. There I is... don't like the beacon it has on the front of it, but other than yeah. that, that light is bright. Although it was cool, you were playing. Um, wasn't Infamous? It was a there was a PS4 game you were playing, and it kept changing colors. Apparently, Infamous does change the color based on your moral choices. Yeah, there's... I think oh, really? that's what Michael was telling me. My one, I went into a cave, and it lit up like a torch. Yeah, that, oh. that was a really cool thing. Yeah, it was, it was a nice touch. Um, I will say that I prefer the 360 controller to the one controller. There's, some, there's something about the way that my hands are rotated around it that I prefer the 360. I don't mind the Xbox One controller. It's just... Mm-hmm. It was pretty much perfect. They're, like I just don't know why they needed to change anything. I like the idea of haptics. Shoulder, but I have yet shoulder to see them a lot. Yeah. yeah, the the trigger based vibrator stuff is just really wussy. You don't like it? No, it's terrible. Oh really? I, I mean, like the the 
the original 360 controller had big meaty vibration controllers right on yeah. your palms. The trigger ones, like every time I'm like partially depressing the trigger and it starts vibrating, it sounds like it's like a little piece of plastic and they're just going, like, yeah. ah, I'm well, Am I, doesn't it have both? The Xbox One controller? I don't think it does. Or it if it does I think it might be all haptics. Like, it's got something, mm-hmm. it's got a ton of different haptics in there. So, uh, do you remember at E3 last, last year? year, they actually had these stations set up to demo the haptics in the controller. Right. And it just, it's like, it would show the vibration moving in a wave across the controller or like just mm-hmm. coming from all these different places. It was a really cool idea, mm-hmm. but in practice, you know, it, it was nice to have the, the good, like, strong vibration feedback. Yeah. Although... The PS4 controller, that's one thing that it's losing if you use it on PS3, is I think it loses vibration, like the like the rumble. Mm-hmm. You don't get that. I'm actually surprised by the number of players, and Ray's one of them, uh, Ray who works in Achievement Hunter, that the first thing they do is turn off vibration. Yep. That seems interesting to me. It's like a lot of people feel like it throws off their game. And uh, my controller here, it actually, my 360 controller, the vibration in it has stopped working. Really? And it took me a while to notice, but then once I noticed, it's like really distracting that I don't that have that feedback anything? anymore. It's like phantom pain. Yeah, really. Phantom it's like, why aren't, my hand, it feels so not rumbly. <laughs> my hands are asleep. <laughs> the, uh, I just recently bought Matt as like a new office warming gift. I bought him a Nintendo 64 because he used to play. Matt used to play Ken Griffey baseball on the Nintendo 64. Every day when we were in college, he would play it. He'd sit, put on the easiest settings, and he would beat like the Dodgers 302. <laughs> I was like, what? Is this he enjoyable? Really had- He's like, I love it. I love it. He just crank home runs constantly. So he really hated the Dodgers. I, yeah, he, he really just wanted to I think at the them. time they might have been the worst team in, in the game. So it's, you know, how, like, based on so like, where easy, you are. So it's easy, easy. Super easy. And he's uh-huh. just cranking home runs all day. So now he basically has a home run station in his office. And I was trying to remember how did it save stuff? Because I actually found our cartridge from back in college and bought a new system for it. And it's like, was it battery on the, the Nintendo 64? Or was it, did they have memory cards that went in the bottom of the um, controllers? Because I know they had Rumble. That was the first one that had a Rumble pack mm-hmm. was the Nintendo 64 controller. No, I feel like if you have a cartridge, it saves to the cartridge. I don't remember, you know, memory card stuff for the Nintendo 64, but I think there are batteries and they can run out and then it can lose your save. That's definitely the case. I definitely remember seeing something online. It was a while ago about someone opening a cartridge and replacing a battery in there. Yeah, somebody was doing the Pokemon cartridge yeah. recently online. Yeah. They were like, it looked they like had it they were trying to save support. it. Yeah. yeah, they had it hooked up to external power. They had power. to add power really first funny. before they cut it. It's basically mm-hmm. like heart surgery. It's basically what it amounts <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, pretty much. You got to take the body off the circulatory system and then get rid of the heart and then put a new one in. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, what the hell? Just play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that half the fun is to play it again? Yeah, it was really cool, though. We went to this place. Um, I think they're actually an RTX exhibitor called Game Over Games. And it, they had, uh, or Game Over Video Games, I'm sorry. They had, uh, but it was like a temple for like classic gaming. They had just a wall of Atari games. They had just everything. They, they had, had a Magnavox Odyssey on sale for like 50 bucks. That thing should be like a rare collector's item. There was the Atari, the Intellivision, and the Magnavox Odyssey. Which had what, like four games? Yeah, like Quest for the Rings was the big one on uh-huh. it. Like four kids in the world had that <laughs> had that console. Did you have a Magnavox Odyssey? I did not. My first console was NES. <laughs> I found out that Ashley grew up. She had an NES and she had one cartridge. Which was? It was a triple cartridge, okay? We had oh. uh, we had Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and uh, World Track Meet. So I did have the Power Pad, okay? And I got really good at cheating on the Power Pad. But we, yeah, we only ever had uh, the, the one cartridge. The what, was, what was your first console? Uh, first console was an uh, Atari 2600. Atari 2600, yep. same thing for, for me. Yep. And my dad had an old, uh, like a Trash 80, which you could play games on, but you had to actually put the cartridge in and then write it came with a booklet that contained all the code for yeah. the game 
and you had to type it in because it had no you know permanent memory. So every time you turned it on, you plugged the cartridge in, you had to type up the whole program, and then you could play the game. There was I remember those books where you would type it in and you would get to play your game. Yep. Mine, I had a Commodore, so I got to save it. But, <laughs> yeah, you should go to this place because you just go and you look at the walls, and it's uh-huh. just like all these cartridges you'll you won't even remember. I bought one for Jeff, which is like a game that he played called Laser Blast. I think we showed it on one of the podcasts. Hmm. It's an old Activision game because that's how long Activision has been around. It's just like a saucer that shoots three tanks. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the next screen. Three more tanks. And it's like that for eight hours. So you're the saucer. You're the saucer. So you are the space invader in this scenario. You are. You are the laser blaster. It kind of it kind of makes it amazing that video games made it as far as they did because at what point is that more fun than just playing jacks? Right. <laughs> I mean, where where's the cutoff there? No, it's very, very true. I mean, it's like that game is like, and those games were like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just like shoot the tank on the left, shoot the tank on the right, shoot the one in the middle. Then same pattern, just execute that until you just your mind just breaks and you're numb and you can't do it anymore. That's basically what it was. You know what I always wonder though is like what was the budget for all those games? There are still there are walls of these games. They they were putting out hundreds and hundreds of them. I think they were they're probably all like each made by like one dude. They were but, yeah. like awesome. what was the budget on those? What did they make? I have no idea. If, I mean if you could sell one of those for fifty bucks, which at the time would have been worth so much more, but you had one guy working on it. Well basically they were all like guys, engineers they worked at toy companies, mm-hmm. and they were in like a little department at the toy company, and it was just the engineering team, usually electrical engineers, and they were making these games. Like the Intellivision was in Mattel. That's a Mattel uh-huh. product. So it's like the, the video game industry like grew out of the toy industry. Can you imagine what the concept art for those games would have looked like? like? I don't think they bothered with concept art. And then a circle. Now you can tell. You know, when you look at the cover of an Atari game, uh-huh. they're gorgeous. They really it's are. It's like combat to do with the binoculars, a tank rolling by him in the background. You're like, this is going to be awesome. It's like, burr. They were really yeah, hard I, to sell. I, it I bought you a bunch of those, like blowing up his posters for your birthday. Yeah, I'll send some to Patrick so we can show they're, up on stream. They're still in the house in a tube somewhere. We never, we never get around to hanging. These <laughs> haven't stuff found up. the appropriate wall yet. You it's guys coming. mind if we move forward to modern times? Yes. What do we got new? So right. recently, let's talk about what we played this week. I don't know. You've been busy getting ready for RTX, and Achievement Hunter has some like people moving around. So when that happens, you guys always like bank Crunch. up a bunch of shows, yeah. basically. Um, but Ashley and I, I played this week, I downloaded from Steam, Sniper Elite 3. Because that just came out this week. Yeah, Sniper Elite 2 was like, it was very cheap or close to free, might have been free, right before the Steam summer sale. Yeah, they were giving away Sniper Elite Well, they were giving away Mm -hmm. free, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, that's what I remember. But I didn't get a chance, I missed the window on it, didn't get it. Uh, and then I got Sniper Elite 3, uh, and I've been playing that, you know, you know, probably about five or six levels in at this point. Uh, it's a fun game. It's a little repetitive in this. Like, there's this one mechanic that everyone associates with it, which is when you take like a headshot or something like that. They were basically when you shoot your sniper rifle, it mm-hmm. like travels with the bullet and then bullet goes, passes through the body. This is it here. This is the first level where it's basically which you can't turn the sniper that down. Rifle, very handy. You yeah, can, you'll see here. There's a couple things that you can tweak that make that a lot more livable. Uh, one of which being, you can turn down how often that happens. And well, at least if it keeps form with the previous games, you can turn on down how often it happens, and you can also turn down uh, or set it so that when you fire, I feel like we should give a liter- wow, is, literal trigger warning right here. This is about to be really gross. Little, yeah, there's, there's gonna be some brains, uh, but you can set it so when you fire, you get this cam. Oh my! 
Oh, yeah. Right X-ray through the brain. Cam. There's on screen, we're seeing someone's head explode from a bullet. And also their spine. Gun- I mean, I have to give you credit for the shot. That was a great shot Thank to go you. through their yeah. head. Thank you very and much. And then through their spine. You just it really make sure of- there was no chance of him limping away from <laughs> no, that. No, no. You, you know, and you do actually try to, like, here I'm going to shoot the guy in the chest instead of in the head. No. Just because, like, everyone's like, well, how much damage can I do to other parts of this guy's body? And yes, it will show you the testicles, and you can shoot people <laughs> in the testicles. It kind of reminds me of uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah. they've, uh-huh. they've introduced those x-ray attacks that'll show you so you kick and it like shows their knee breaking mm-hmm. and so if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast what Ashley's describing is exactly what it looks like when you shoot somebody with a sniper rifle follows the bullet gets to an x-ray view and then shows mm-hmm. all the awful horrible damage you're doing to this yeah the other thing you can person. do to make that a little bit more livable is I, I don't know if you've noticed but when you do that when it comes out of the cam you've unzoomed mm-hmm. you're back to your just over the shoulder view you can set it so that if you continue to hold the right click or whatever your button is on console that it'll come right back to your through the scope view so if you happen to be shooting a bunch of people oh great there's a couple of things that make that a little bit more useful yeah um, but also it's like i don't know that's like a f- 10 second play i don't know if mm-hmm. i'll hold the button the entire time a lot of times i come back out of scope yeah. view anyway and take a look so i noticed in this year you weren't do you have to uh, like account for wind and all that stuff like no, aim there's off a, a level or? where you do have to account for ballistics and that's i'm assuming that's like wind and height and you know elevation distance all that stuff but no this i have the more simplified version that i'm playing through i yep. tend to play games on normal or easy my first time through and then play through them harder i used to just play on the hardest level first but then i find i i don't catch the story and i just end up like monotonously like repeating levels over and uh-huh. over again to beat them on hard. So. Yeah, I like playing easy normal the first time, and then if I want to, I might play it again on hard. Generally, I won't. Just Gen- generally, I'll, I'll move on. But you do have to account for like your heart rate when you're running. There's a really mm-hmm. cool uh, relocation mechanism where, you know, when you shoot, they can't he- they hear the gun go off, and the more you shoot, the more they can like zone in on you. Uh-huh. So there's a relocation uh, mechanism where it's like you fire, they you know they hear you and they're looking for you, and you relocate a certain distance, and then it's like you're back in stealth mode again. I'm trying to remember, there's another game that had a really interesting version of that where you got to actually see the ghost. Uh, Splinter Cell used to do a very good version of that too. There's a ghost on this too. Oh, okay, so so it makes a ghost where ghost you were last detected by the enemies, okay. and you have to relocate away from that. Um, and there's a lot of collectibles. They, there's there's a- sniper nests, and there's mm-hmm. war diaries and things like that. So I think this game has a lot of replayability for people who like the basic mechanic. There was actually a big controversy over this game too because the there was what seven thousand Steam codes that got out in the wild, Ooh. and then they and they got revoked. They got canceled. Yeah. They were they were I don't know if they were stolen or what it was exactly, but they yeah. So Steam Valve like they shut them down, and then people had to go back to where they bought them from and get a refund, and then mm-hmm. buy it over again. That sucks. That's like yeah, a yeah, it's a big problem for retailers, especially if they happen to get those codes legitimately, they thought. Uh, so, I mean, but uh, they, those games actually, it, it's interesting because they'll spin out that version, and then I bet you sooner or later we'll get Sniper Elite 3 Nazi Zombie. Because that's the, the, what they did with uh, 1 and 2. Both had a Nazi Zombie Army version that followed up on the original. They might have to go to something else. I think the zombie well might be running dry. <laughs> I, I really hope so. Although, although I, my favorite game I've been playing lately is Contagion, and that's a zombie game. They're all over the place. Contagion, Seven Days to Die. I mean, there's there's the zombie well just continues to vomit up rotting corpses. You know, when I played ga- Game Dev Tycoon, it's just a genre of games that you play. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's one of the topics that you can research a zombie game, and then you just, like, make that. And then the money comes in. And then the money comes yeah. in. Yeah. What I mean, do you think of Contagion? I like it. I re- I think it's I it's, I played as I played the PVP mode. I showed it last week mm-hmm. uh, when you were out. Uh, some gameplay from it. I like the, the kind of the asynchronous 
gameplay of like, okay, first you're human, and then after you're dead, you become a zombie, zombie. and then it's all the zombies against the humans. Have you tried the like campaign sort of mode to it? I played Extraction and I played Panic, but okay. I keep going back to PvP, which is normally I don't like. Uh -huh. Like straight up multiplayer. Like if I'm like for instance, Halo is the game I play the most probably, mm -hmm. and I never play Slayer or Team Slayer, and those are the most populated lists. I always play like objective games, but in this game, I play the PvP. I'd stick to that. Yeah, you really? Yeah, yeah. You, you stick to the just like four on four. The the co op stuff is a little rough. Yeah, like the extraction modes and stuff like in Panic and all that. Well, no, no. There's like a mode where you're basically you and your your co-op. There's there's no actual is no PVE. It's just like straight up PVE. Uh, but it's still got that one death thing where if you die, you come back as a cockroach and you can still run around the map, but you're no longer gonna be a human. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, and it's just a really huge map and really kind of convoluted and difficult to find your way through. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, it on paper looks like a really interesting game. I think it may they still need. It probably could use a little bit of work. It was a game that was available during er, during early access, mm -hmm. and then it now it's gone through. This is it's officially released. I believe mm -hmm. it released in late April. Contagion. Uh, so it's like it's 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 done at it's this point. Final, yeah. Which brings As, us to another weird thing that came up this week, which I is, like that now. Final is like it's final. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like well, it's it's final. See, I'm, that might be the ultimate legacy of early access games. Is now where it's like, yeah, but it's not really done. You know, what I mean, even though they release it, it doesn't. Well, that like sort yeah, of happened backwards, though. I mean, if you look at it, like the what came first really was the day one 16 gig patch, like Sniper right? Elite had. So, well, I mean, what really came first was mm -hmm. expansions. Yeah. And then what came second was, well, not came second, but, mm -hmm. but like patches, and then just mm -hmm. the just the ability to be able to deliver those automatically. We can maybe possibly blame consoles. I think Minecraft. I'm okay with I mean, that. I think Minecraft so is to updates. blame for the recent rash of early access. That I think is so absolutely too. true. There, yeah. there are so many people that saw that it could be done and could be done mm -hmm. very successfully. I mean, Minecraft was in alpha for what three years? Two yeah, but years? Minecraft had a basic set of functionality that at least it appealed to hardcore enthusiasts. So they were working in this, you know, beta product. Mm -hmm. They were making these incredible builds like the one-to-one -one scale enterprise and things mm -hmm. like that. And then that stuff was going viral and people were catching on. I don't know that like just like a not fully baked game is going to have that same lightning in a bottle that Minecraft had. It, it happens on occasion. Like you get, uh, you know, Terraria did really well. Um, Starbound, as far as I know, is doing really well. People when Rust hit early access, everyone was just, like, that's all I heard about right, was, was Rust. Rust was a great example of a game I played. It's like, everybody's talking about it. I'm going to play it. It's like, I'm hitting shit with a rock. Mm -hmm. You know, I tried to build a house. Somebody else built a house around my house. And then I was like, <laughs> I'm done. And I got out. I, like, couldn't figure anything out to the point where I was like, there wasn't a natural progression that, that gets built into games. Did of, you like, ever get, like, kidnapped by a group of, like, naked dudes? Never happened. That's what that's I hear land. mostly about Rust. I saw uh, really? I saw a lot of naked dudes, but none of them ever tried to kidnap me. <laughs> okay. But then I never came back to it. And now they're restarting the game from scratch. Basically, yeah. Just all the base code that they had built it on was, I guess, borrowed from other games. What? <laughs> you? What, Really? Well, I mean, that's some of the articles were saying some of that code was coming from like GTA and like I don't know what, and it could be some of that stuff is like open source. Obviously, uh -huh. they had something worked out. I'm where sure they were the Rockstar works on a lot it. of open source software. Yeah, you know, I don't know the whole story, so I'm not going to cast aspersions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so long story short, they're recoding it because they said it was horribly inefficient what they were doing. Yeah, they said they the what was a thousand lines of code for something that should take a hundred or four thousand lines of code. Yeah, I think it was three thousand for a hundred. Yeah, it should take a hundred so that when mm -hmm. they change something and it breaks, they got to find in three thousand lines of code mm -hmm. where it breaks. And if it's a hundred lines of code, obviously it's way more no. efficient. 
I think a second ago, though, you were talking about you were headed towards uh, the early access planetary annihilation. Is I, find that that, I find that interesting. But I was say, but like, I know as a, as a consumer or somebody at least who's on a show like this that people will tell me, we should go back now because Rush is way better and it's got mm. this and you played it like a year ago and it's way better. But as a consumer, I'm just like, is that moment of like my first impression, I paid 20 bucks for this game. And it's like, I just don't have good memories of it. So it's like, I'll never in that big list of Steam library on my system, I'm just never going to select Rust again. There's some games that really, they hit that early access point and it's a playable and enjoyable game. Like it's crested that hill of becoming useful as a game and some games that haven't quite. I do feel like the ones that catch on, the early access games that people talk about, they've got that. Mm-hmm. You know, even, uh, well, I think it was of. Starbound was saying that like that most of the gameplay in there was placeholder, mm-hmm. yeah. but at least it was still fun. Yeah, and the one there's kind of an interesting example that just now has become slightly topical again, which was Cube World. Do you remember Cube World? Nope. It was, I mean, it was going so gangbusters that the website couldn't stay up, and they would make occasionally. It's like, okay, we're gonna have the thing open where you can buy a license for like twenty minutes. Wow. And uh, you got the game, and it's really pretty, but there's like nothing to do with it did they the host time, the website in their bedroom <laughs> they may have been at that point i mean it was about that level of access cube world is it minecraft inspired it's very much it looks very voxel but it's not a uh, a crafting game like okay you it's it's voxel looking it's all cubed off you know very pixely looking characters and it's 3d but uh yeah they're just you got it and then they didn't have really anything to do and it was like hard and it didn't really explain anything and it's uh, now they've just added in, or at least have shown an idea of what the quest system will look like. But it's like that had so much notoriety; it was burning it up so hard. And you got it, and there was nothing to do. And then and the, I haven't heard about it since then. Until well, what's now. our window of time here altogether? Uh, gosh, that was we were in the old building. Uh, it may have been a year ago, close to a year at least. <laughs> yeah, I wow. like that that's how you tell time. It's starting to be, like, yeah. Well, we were when in the old building. It was in the old days. <laughs> Back when we had the old big room that was all black walled and a tin roof. <laughs> well, crickets, you were you were in the big night. room. I was in the big all room. your people were in the tiny tiny box. In the box. small room, the small hot, uh, hot well, I box. Want, I want to talk to you about this planetary annihilation yeah. thing in a second. But, yeah, but yeah. first, I was going to read this, but everyone really loves Ryan's radio voice, so I'm going to have Ryan read. Why don't we all read it together? Yeah, you, can we? Like just pass around for password? What about a for each r- repeat <laughs> after me? We need a harmony. Um, <laughs> yeah, do I need like a, a tone? Where's my camera? There it is. Okay. You've probably tried Hulu on your computer. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch current season episodes of your favorite shows like Modern Family, The Daily Show, and Scandal. And watch every episode of shows like Nashville, Lost, and Doctor Who. You get ad-free movies and kids' shows, too. Now more than ever, there is so much to watch. Take control, take total control with Hulu Plus to stream those shows and thousands more. As much as you want, whenever you want. Hulu Plus works on your computer, smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device that you might own. You can even watch on your phone or iPad while on the train, at work, at the dentist, or in the bathroom. We know you do. It's all right. Yeah. You can even block off a day to binge. Just safe zone. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. No judgment zone right in there. Uh, you can also get access to originals that you can't get anywhere else. Check out the new show Deadbeat, a comedy bo- about a pot-smoking guy who talks to ghosts. And binge on all 10 episodes starting on April 9th. For only $7.99 a month, get your shows anytime, anywhere. That's like a quarter a day. I mean, who doesn't have a quarter a day, right? Who doesn't? Who? Who? Uh, I guess hobos, but 
Maybe they can get a coworker from someone else. Uh, right now, Plus sign up you at do Hula your Plus. Chores, according to there Teddy. you go. Yeah, so uh, hobos don't use your laptop to get. <laughs> <laughs> right now, sign up at HulaPlus.com/patch and get two weeks full access, completely free. That's a whole extra week more with this special offer when you sign up at HulaPlus.com/patch. So get with it and start streaming TV now with Hulu Plus. I just want to point out that there's a little known show called Bird vs. Blue, which is also on Hulu. It is. You can, there's 16 episodes available. People have been excited because they've been able to stream Red vs. Blue lately on lots of different platforms, and it's on Hulu, who supports this program. So Hulu thank you very much, Hulu. Supporting two of our programs at once. Who would imagine? What a world we live in. It's the Hulu love. It's amazing time. All right, let's Hulu talk about show. planetary annihilation. Yep. So wh- what's the story here? Fill us in, Ryan. Or do you want to rest your radio voice for a second? Well, the story as I understand it yes. is that there has been a retail box of <laughs> planetary a, annihilation. Retail box. Retail box appearing in stores. In certain, I didn't catch what retailer it was. There it is right there. There it is. Uh, and it is the early access edition. So this is released in stores mm-hmm. an unreleased game, essentially is what this is. Yes. This is like when you hear the leak tracks and you can get them on the artist's website kind this of a is, thing. This is like that box that they used to put up that is like coming soon, only you can actually take it home. You can actually pay for it. Yeah, you can go ahead and give them money. Not pre-order, but give them money and they'll give you a, a partially functional version of that game. Okay. I Look, I still think it's kind of like pre-ordering, just like you can play a broken game while you've pre-ordered. I never... Yeah. I <laughs> broken. The, 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 the only... The, not the only, but the big downside being that you don't know when it's going to mm-hmm. be coming. When you pre-order a game, you typically at least have a window of time where you know it's going to go from not done to done. Whereas early access, you generally don't have that. But otherwise, I feel like it's pre-ordering with a bonus. Well, you know, I okay. never put it in the perspective of pre-ordering. So if I go to a store and I put money down, I reserve a game that doesn't exist and it comes out at some point in the future. Is it better... To actually go home with something, even if it's not a complete game. Well, I mean, the, I guess the as you kind of started talking about before, what you're doing now is you're going home with a game, and you may decide you don't like it before it's even a finished game. Mm-hmm. So, and you can't get rid of it because it's. I mean, what are you? Who's going to buy your pre-functional license? Which probably tied you forever at this pre-release point. Pre-release game? Yeah. Wasn't there? I was trying to. I was trying to look this up before we came on, but wasn't there a developer who kickstarted a game? crowdfunded it, and then even did early access, and then they were saying, when are you going to put this feature on? They said, oh, I'm done with that game. Now I'm making the next version of the game. Come kickstart this. Do you remember that? It was I a few don't. months ago. I could have sworn that happened. I'm like, I'm totally just like coming no, up blank, I though. Was, I know there was a bit of a thing with uh, with Broken Age. Yeah? That they kickstarted mm-hmm. Broken it. Broken Age. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, Broken Age mm-hmm. from Double Fine. That they kickstarted it. They got way more than they had initially, uh, like, I guess, planned for. Right. So they made the game way bigger, but they made the game too bigger uh, and so that's why what's available now is the first half of broken age uh, and they said that they're basically funding the second half of broken age with, with purchase of the first half right and there was like a there was backlash because people because backlash is popular with kickstarter but they were saying that like they thought that what double fine was saying was that they were going to have they were asking for more money from the Kickstarter community. And mm-hmm. then Double Fine had a real estate letter saying, no, that's not what we were asking. Even though it kind of did seem like that's what they were asking. Like they were kind of like floating the possibility <laughs> of another crowdfunding campaign for the no, same No, no, game. no. We need more money, but not from you. 
But I'm not from, from you. other people. I always thought that was funny because it was like it showed how the audience and the consumers became the producers because they were like, hey, we gave you the money. Make the game you said you were going to make. Yeah. Whereas the consumers, if this was electronic arts making, you know, publishing the game, they would say, EA, just give them the money. They're going to make a great <laughs> game. Give them the money, EA. They're double fine, you know? Yeah. But it's different when they're the actual producers and they're the ones funding this thing. They're like, you fuckers, you didn't hit your deadlines. <laughs> no vacation for anybody. Make this game. But this this planetary annihilation thing is really interesting to me. Yeah, it turns out, by the way, that that was a game in the UK, the game the, the, UK. the game store chain. Okay. And the the comments from the developer were when they asked him, like, "Do you think this is weird? Why would you do this?" He goes, "Why wouldn't I? Basically, why why yeah. wouldn't I just put this thing out? It's like it's like all the rules are changing, and let's just let's just do this." But I mean, what we're talking about here basically is that these are early access games; these are unreleased games, but it is released. I mean, it's on the shelf. It's sitting there. So you're buying a product that you know is incomplete. Well, and that's no... I mean, the funny thing is that is literally the exact same situation as going online and buying a digital copy. I mean, there's no change. Totally get it. I totally get what you're saying. You wrap it in a box. Even so, you'll have to... Well, you'll have to download the updates. But you know there's a distinction. I'm pretty sure it's probably just a code anyway, right? I I wonder if there's a physical media in there. That'd be really interesting. It was just a code. That <laughs> like you guys were talking earlier about the Steam codes mm-hmm. for Sniper Elite Three. They got yeah. put out, and they mm-hmm. had to go back to the retail store to train their codes. Like, just honestly, don't buy your codes at retail store. Just buy them. That's, Sorry, the, whole think, That's the whole point of the code. I think yeah. some people do because they don't have credit it. cards or debit cards or anything like that. So I do like I or they're I trading in games. Or they're trading in. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do get it, but that's got to be like a, a very small percentage of the overall audience. Yeah. It's got to be dwindling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still a fair number of people that do it. I'm sure, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that's on the way out. It's just a weird process to me, to be in a mm-hmm. physical place and get a code to go home and download when you could have just saved yourself well, the trip. Well, there, um, there was a 3DS game that was really, really hard to find. Uh, uh, Did you get it? It's escaping me at the moment. Um, I remember you and I went to, we went to a GameStop. Yeah. Uh, and oh, it said, was, uh, do you have this? It and was uh, um, with the, the tactics, the RTS game. Yeah, and it's it's my mind. Guy with the blue hair. Is this was a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, this was like this was like a year and a half ago. I'll look it up. This is just escaping. It's a game. It's a thing. My my 3ds is over Fire there. Emblem. Fire, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. My brain was melting. <laughs> uh, so we went to the GameStop. We tried to find it. They didn't have any copies, but they said, "But you can buy a code." Okay. And then you redeem the code on the eShop, and I go. You're training me to go to the eShop to buy my things. <laughs> that is what's happening right here. You are training me out of your own like retail chain. Breaking mm-hmm. your own business model, yeah. Yeah. It was it was weird and I absolutely went right on the eShop and just bought it and downloaded it that way. You know, I guess the thing is though, right now we three sitting at this table are coming from a perspective of people who have had fake money for decades. Fake or money at least for a decades, decade, right? Like you've had a card that has why fake am I money. getting squinted at? Because I don't know. I'm curious what fake money. Oh, you're talking about credit cards. Yes, like you've money had that's not money. real. Yeah, you yes. not physical currency. It's going to turn to a totally different podcast here. Where's Joel? Where <laughs> not gold-backed currency. No, uh, but you know we've had a card for a long time. Yeah, I and I'm assuming that if you're 12 to 14, you probably don't have one. You may have like an emergency credit card. Oh but no, you're probably still getting a physical allowance right. if you're getting an allowance at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably who this is. I mean, that's who needs that service still. And there's a lot of people out there, or a lot of that segment of the population gaming that still needs to go to a store and buy it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and there's also, you know, there's a large segment of the audience that they they just want they want a box. 
I totally get after dropping all my games. <laughs> uh, there, you know, are there people who are you know doing cash, people who are trading in. So there's there's still a demand there, but as far as like people who buy games new and that's not a concern, which you know, with the average age of gamers creeping up to what thirty now, that's like that's a big big percentage of the population who it, the retail chains are actively training out of using them. Yeah, but here's what I think too is like we are more sophisticated. We are game sophisticated. Sh- game shop- I'm so sophisticated. You're pounding, Gus is not here. pounding the table. That was, I'm drinking carbonated <laughs> water. Sophisticated. Video game industry is huge. It's going to hit a hundred. Was a hundred billion dollars in the next few years. It's a huge industry. It covers way more people than we touch on a daily basis. Anybody who, even the people who watch well, the show, you, the people who watch the show, video games are a big part of their life. So we're all, the audience included, we're all part of this group that has the understanding of what an early access game is. And that's why when I see an early access game on the retail shelves, I think I get it. 95% of the people who buy games in a store probably don't get it. They probably don't. When you're using your example of 12 to 14-year-olds, their parents don't understand they're buying a, an incomplete game. Early they're access but, Early but access could just mean I have exclusive access and nobody else has <laughs> this. I have It's like a premiere for a movie. It's like if you went to the premiere for the movie and the visual effects aren't done, which does happen sometimes, oh, you're yeah. like, well, this is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, you, would, you would not like that. So as someone who's part of that group, I feel like, this could this could potentially be overall bad for the industry if early access games are on retail shelves. It's true. I would also argue that for the most part, PC gamers tend to skew a bit older. Um, true. You know, if they're if they're going to be buying like those kinds of games, they probably skew older and have a better understanding of that kind of thing. If you're talking about parents, parents just won't get it. <laughs> like that's just not a thing. You know, I mean, Notch was talking about how parents call Mojang. To ask for a refund because their kids spent a hundred dollars on an item pack on a server. Yeah, you know, like parents just—they—it's not a thing. They just go like, well, "Yeah, my kid wants this thing and buy this thing." You constantly hear stories from cashiers in game stores saying that they're trying to explain to parents that this game is an M-rated game, and maybe their eight-year-old, like, maybe it's not age-appropriate, and they're like, "No, my kid wants the game. Just give me the game." Or they think you're insulting their kid. Right. I, I've yeah. been in the—I've been in the GameStop where conversations like, "Well, this is Grand Theft Auto. This is M. It's for mature kids. For mature people." It's like. It's like, my kid can handle this. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, don't yeah, sell me so the game. To, to some degree, I don't think, like, if parents aren't actively educating themselves, early access is the least of their problems. Uh, yeah, I get it. But I just think, like, this is the latest thing, the latest step of, like, putting an incomplete game on the shelves. How much longer do you think that parent excuse can really hold up, though? Because, I mean, you and I are both, at this point, parents. I mean, this is the generation of parents coming in now that should My be eight-year-old has a Steam account. Now, he said, hey, did he call Nine. himself eight in a video the other day? <laughs> and he even he was like, I was like, afterwards, like, why'd you call yourself eight? He's like, I don't know. I got flustered. <laughs> and he's nine. But he, my nine-year-old has a Steam account. He's had a Steam account since he was eight. Um, and you know, it's funny because I wish I'd recorded this. I sat JD down, we were talking about the summer sale. We were looking at things. What do you want to get? And this is fun and all this stuff. And I said, Hey, you are young guy. You understand all this stuff. And then we pulled up the steam cards, Mm -hmm. like that reward program for steam summer sale. I said, please explain this to me. I go, what? (laughs) I don't get what this is. I don't get why people get excited about the cards on steam. Please explain this to me. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, that's dumb. Don't worry about it. So I was like, <laughs> we've reached that point as father and son where he's like, just shush, shush, don't, don't worry about it. Nobody cares about this. This is a lot of flash they put on that nobody cares about. Do you understand that? It's basically... It's, it's gamification. It's it's just trading cards. I mean, that's it is, is as significant as most trading cards are. And I would never like... And I'm sure there's people who are like, let me show you my cards. They will like send me pictures of it and all that. But 
it's just one of those things where after the Steam summer sale is done, I don't know where those cards live. Like they're I, still in your inventory. I never go to that part of Steam. And then the, you get cards. I think outside of the, the summer sale, you just doing things in games will unlock cards. And there's a whole economy behind those things too. Guys, amazing. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's basically modern day baseball cards. Yeah, I, I do like the fact that that there's a depth to everything that we do that you can choose to go deeper if you want to. Like, I love Team Fortress 2. No idea how the crafting system works at all. <laughs> Literally no idea. But I love the game, you know, and I have a good time playing the game. Yeah, I am I got very close to uh, going down the Steam Workshop rabbit hole with, uh, like, like guacamole skins. I was like, oh, but that one. <laughs> and then I was like, nope. Once I start doing Steam Workshop, it's all over. It Slippery is. slope. There's some awesome Left 4 Dead mods. Awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. There's the one that uh, that's that makes all the characters into RVB, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. Yes. Yeah. You can it's play a... Left 4 Dead as the two different blue team and red team. That's awesome. Highly recommended. There's a Civ mod that uh, JD wants to get. Uh, it's got me and Jeff as leaders. And doesn't it have Gus and he's he has Arstotska? I don't know. Since he's, I remember seeing a screenshot of Civ Five with Gus leading Arstotska from pa- hmm. Papers uh, Please. Yeah, from our Papers Please, and. Uh, <laughs> Or maybe I, I might actually be mixing up two memories. There was definitely a mod where uh, someone put Arstotska into Civ. They mm-hmm. set all the like all the stats and everything, so it would be just like that country. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, just like the like the the paper like different types of units have like these extra powers, and there's this, and mm-hmm. it's this type of. And government. you can develop bureaucracy powers. And stuff <laughs> oh like my that. god! It was it was Gus really funny this to game, read over. Papers, please. It was uh-huh. he, he, on the patch in December. He tried to get it. For downloadable game of the year, he was really pushing hard for it. So you can go back and watch the December game of the year edition to hear Gus like just tell you what a great game. I think there's a, papers is and denying and, people things. He and Joel and Adam have done a how to. They just as did well, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. It seemed they Joel and Adam got really stressed out by it, and <laughs> Gus, while Gus got excited, he he's was, he happy was like, the oh, whole this time. Is the uh-huh. most amazing thing. The only time he's not happy in that video is when they're playing and he's not. He's like, you're just awful. He's like a manager at that point. Yeah, he's like, you're not doing it good enough. Give it here. Like, oh, you have to do 10, otherwise your family's going to stop. He's infected the sales team with it, too. They love that game. Oh, something, yeah. something about really? it that it really people really identify with. A whole bunch of, of people uh, Stamp enthusiasts. Uh, on, uh, on Twitter, and I think the YouTube comments from last week's patch where we were talking more about the Steam Summer Sale were saying that they bought Papers, Please on the Summer Sale because of Gus. Sorry. Oh, really? Good. Sorry, yeah. people. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a fun game. Uh, you want to go over some quick hits from, yeah. the, uh, from news? Because we're at uh, 15 minutes left. Uh, first of all, EA can no longer call Dungeon Keeper a free game in the UK. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. different. Different countries have a lot of different consumer laws. Australia is also like really, really careful about the word free. Mm-hmm. It can it can't require any sort of prior purchase or anything else. It's like really really careful. I'd be interested in. Do you know what the UK like standards were for that? I don't know. I mean, essentially, I know that the game itself, though, was basically just a framework for purchasing. Oh, I mean, yeah. It was it was so widely panned, which is really sad because the original Dungeon Keeper was awesome. I know. The Dungeon Keeper 1 and Dungeon Keeper 2 were such great uh, games. And, and uh, Peter Molyneux people... actually had to come out and be like, I am no way involved with this. I have nothing to do with it. Don't blame me. Not for this one. <laughs> <laughs> people have been dying for a sequel to it for so long, and then that's what they get. It's like... Why? Why okay, would you do so this? Okay, so here we go. It's um, they're saying that uh, calling it free is misleading. Uh, it requires players to m- progress either by waiting lengthy amounts of time or buying in-game gems using real money. Um, it's technically free, but difficult to play for extended periods without spending money. Uh, and so the UK's advertising standards agency said that they can't do it. The ad must not 
appear again in its current form. We told Electronic Arts Limited to ensure that future ads made clear the limitations of free gameplay and role of in-app purchasing with regard to speeding up gameplay. So what's their, their new ad going to look like? It would be uh, free to look at for less than 10 minutes. Well, for me, I go, they're advertising this? Like, I'm picturing, like, bus stop signs. <laughs> Well, a lot of I mean, I, I, cause I, get the, I get the feeling that like online banners aren't that carefully policed, mm. so they must be doing Especially a pretty big campaign for that. Though if they are catching that by nationality, that'd be really interesting because they, then they'd have to start making distinctions between the, well, I guess they already have to. I mean, by language, mm. uh, what ads are served in what regions. Guy, you know, it's, it's crazy because the one the example that I always go back to is the Smurfs mobile game. I mean, Smurfs is a kid's property, right? There's not... I mean, doesn't he have tell like, that to the new movies? Well, I mean, it doesn't have like the bronies level of you know. So the Smurfs movies actually do like really well internationally. Like they make really? two hundred million in the U.S. and they make five hundred million overseas and internationally. Yeah, well, the U.S. has really fallen off as the prime market for movies anyway. How dare you? I'm just saying. How dare you? Talk, go talk to Pacific Rim, why don't you? That goalkeeper. Is <laughs> anybody weirded out by the fact that the goalkeeper for the U.S. team? Which spoiler lost yesterday to Belgium? They're like he's gotten all this glory, but Belgium won the game. Yeah, like there's no talk of Belgium like having a good game and beating us. It's all about this one one goalkeeper. Well, God, isn't that on. what you're seeing? He, he had a great performance. Yeah. He had a great performance. Isn't that what you're seeing in the U.S. though, where they're trying to find the silver lining in the losing to Belgium? We're just trying to. Yeah, we're did just he break to find a record for the most number of stops in the game? I think he had game? 14 saves in 16. one game. 16. Is that what it was? was? This game, it was 16. He was insane. The captain of the, the Belgian team actually tweeted about him afterwards. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome sweet. Was. He was even getting in on. He's like, I need some, <laughs> I need some love here too. So I'm gonna see. I'm gonna get some favorites by talking about <laughs> Howard. But uh, yeah, the Smurfs game. There was an article. This is back from 2011. Uh, little girl, little girl amasses $1,400 iPhone bill playing Smurfs Village. I remember Smurfs because one of my kids. Is that the British kid? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the one that did fourteen hundred pounds in like ten minutes. She it's Ooh. this fourteen hundred dollar bill. Uh, doesn't say where she lived in this particular article, but one of my kids came up to me and said, "Hey, I want to buy something in the game." And I would I said, "Okay." I looked at it, and it was Smurfs. And I remember there was something that was a hundred dollars, like one of the like whatever the item in the game is, the power item of like you need so many berries to do things or like coins or whatever. It's like you can buy X amount of berries, and it was a hundred dollars. I thought. Whoa, they got a typo here. I mean, I remember mm. thinking that. It's like, this is probably supposed to be $9.99. It says $99.99. It's like, that's not right. It was absolutely right. They were charging $99.99 for uh, basically a bank thing on a mobile game. And it's like, at the time, that was like, that was insane to me. But now, not that insane anymore. Now that's what everybody's doing. They're yeah. like, oh, you can buy the thing for $5, 10 20 50 or 100 mm-hmm. Which I have to say... I, when I see it like a, like an example and it's in my face, I'm like, that's ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm totally okay with if somebody gets a game and they want to pay to unlock stuff, I'm actually totally okay with that because I don't think everyone has the time. Um, I think that one of the first instances of this was on Tiger Woods Golf where you could level up your golfer in Tiger Woods or you could just pay to unlock and max out your character. Well, it's like, But then where's the game? But at the same time, it's like, I bought like the you, game, you just, you why can't the, I just play with the best character? But you also bought the game, and then you paid to not play the game. Or you just play with the best character. Like, I don't want to have a guy who, like, hooks it, you know, if I don't <laughs> get it perfect. I would. I want to just play the game and enjoy the game. And if I want to spend 10 bucks to not spend 50 hours unlocking and building up that character, I'll do that. Because I don't have 50 hours to spend on a golf game. But I do have $10 to spend on a golf game. How do you feel when that comes into multiplayer, though? That's That's interesting. Maybe have a separate hopper for those people. Or just, you should just balance multiplayer anyway. 
I don't think I don't want to get in multiplayer with somebody who spent 80 hours leveling their character up to where I can't compete with it anyway. I think I think multiplayer <laughs> just should be a totally flat field, you know? I never understood. I never played much Call of Duty. I never understood why as you level up and you play better, you get better weapons. Or like not necessarily better, but I mean, most of the guns and and things like that were fairly balanced across the board. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, you got access to more perks and things like that that could give you advantages. But some games, like honestly, but Call obviously of Duty, they balance they balance it really well because Call of Duty multiplayer is beloved. But I, right. I just never understood that concept yeah. of better players getting better stuff. Well, that and oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, the well, the idea of of, of paying to unlock stuff that also hears over to multiplayer. I remember Forza got into big like. Mm-hmm. Like big trouble with that um, last year is they came out and they said, you know, you can buy it, whatever. And then you can also pay money to like speed up so that you're unlocking all the best cars immediately. And a lot of people didn't like that because they felt like if they had if they did th- if they put in the work to get the best cars. They didn't like the idea that someone could pay 50 bucks and immediately do that without any work. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I and be able to take that into multiplayer and be racing with the best cars, the, and yeah, then right. have an advantage over people who are still putting in the time. Yeah, see, that's the I have problem on that end too. The big the big buzzword around that is the pay to win, which to win. nobody yes. wants the pay to win. Nobody, model. it's a vi- it's a it's a fine line. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like basically with the pay to win model is the baseline game is crappy, and then yeah. you have to pay the extra money to get the way the game should be. You know. Mm-hmm. And so that that I don't like. You don't want to be that player in a system like that where you haven't paid and then you're just constantly getting annihilated by people who are, you know, buying their way into the system. Mm-hmm. You feel if you ever feel like you're on parity with them in skill but they've just got advantages that you don't, that's where it breaks the game. Yeah. Yeah, which I think they is why uh, somebody can see through walls. They got a hack or something. That's the worst feeling in the world. You're like this sucks. Yeah. I and think I that's why League of Legends has done so well. Is their like their transactions mm-hmm. are cosmetic and well character based like you get more characters mm-hmm. using if buying in but the characters that you get aren't like super characters versus the regular characters that everybody else has right. it's just more options it's just different characters you can get like captain nuke right you can just like wipe out the entire <laughs> map yeah i actually up. i also really like what uh what was it killer instinct has done where they actually have a rotating roster of which characters are the free characters mm-hmm. so it's like so over, you stick so, with it long enough so yeah, over yeah. time you'd be able to play like all the different characters and you get that variety. If you want to pay, then you just unlock all. Which of them. is a disadvantage to some people because the you know there's some people that want to get a character and master that character, and if it's no longer available because it's rotated out, then they're in a little bit more trouble. Yeah, what but, that's I guess that's what I'm not clear on with Killer Instinct because I'm not sure if once it's unlocked and you've used that character, if you can continue to use that character. Mm. That, uh, I imagine. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know for that I game. Know, I, I don't really play Killer Instinct. I, that's <laughs> fighting games, another genre that I'm really terrible <laughs> at. So mm. uh, I'm looking at Twitter now. Um, Jay Fraser15 is telling me the division is now currently under s- scrutiny for apparently having in-game purchases that have been reported that everyone is up in arms about. How is the division under scrutiny already? Like, they don't, don't, know. They don't even have a game year. yet. Don't know. I would put them under scrutiny for that terrible E3 demo they had. Uh-huh. Remember, like last year at the Xbox One debut, when they had all that canned dialogue from people, where they were like, "Hey, I'm gonna bust you up, man!" When they were like, "Then they get the controllers and they had the fake families and all that." The division was the only thing at E3 this year that felt that way. It was like it just felt like people were like, "Oh man, we're having a blast. Let's play this game now." There was a great uh, trailer that you sent out, which was an alpha game, which they listed as being alpha as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're saying it's like it's very rudimentary graphics, but it's a SWAT game, mm-hmm. and there's a planning stage to it. And I don't know if you noticed in the trailer, but when they're planning in the drawing phase mm-hmm. of how to invade this building, that actually shows up on the map. Yeah. The drawing. 
So, yeah. I so mean, everybody I, can coordinate what they're going to do. Yeah. And it's, I mean, just polygons, but the game, it's again, it's one of those things where the gameplay versus what the actual look of the game, you can get away with having gameplay that's really good and graphics that are just like, eh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's stylized at that point. If your gameplay's good and your art's terrible, then you're just doing something really stylized. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. <laughs> gameplay or graphics is the one thing to me that disappears the quickest. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, wow, this game looks gorgeous. And then eventually I just get used to looking at that. Yep. And really, I, unfortunately, especially with like FPS games, I look at the reticule. Like, I end up looking at like a square footage of screen that's like this big and uh-huh. just putting stuff in the center of the screen. But like GTA, I recognize it's beautiful, but if GTA did not have fantastic gameplay and was not engaging, I would have given up on it long before I finished that game. Mm-hmm. I do like, though, when games go for the very intentionally stylized things. So Shovel Knight just came out, and so uh-huh. I started playing that. I actually, um, Meg and I were talking about it earlier, because uh, it came out on 3DS, and then I was on I was on Steam and found out that it's also on Steam. So I got it there, and mm-hmm. I've been playing with my controller. It's been really great. Um, and it's a, it's straight up, it looks like old school, completely accurate 8-bit plays that way it's just it's a it's a side scroller i don't know i don't know the story of the shovel knight i guess i haven't been paying very close attention there he is oh god that does look i mean that looks looks. it looks like a super nintendo game maybe yeah i mean it's definitely better than it looks faithful which is not always the best thing right but it plays great yeah so you know i'd have a i might have a problem with it if it played too rough but it's Mm -hmm. it's actually like the gameplay is great and it looks like as i was playing it i was like oh my god my nostalgia is just like going crazy right now. It's just like a, a full blast going bing, 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 bing. Those so excited. Like melee platformer type games, as long as they've got really solid responsiveness from the controls, they can be a lot of fun. Yeah. If I've, they got that, it's, it's a weird metric, but it's like if you got the perfect jump speed and distance ratio, then a platformer can be a lot yeah. of fun. I happen to like it when they're a little bit forgiving. The whole mm. like Super Meat Boy, <laughs> Super super precise thing like I can't do so Shovel Knight seems forgiving so far which I really like Patrick I'm sending you so a I clip can actually, I can actually make some progress uh-huh. which like thank you I'm actually I'm thinking of getting it on 3DS as well just because I want to see what they do with the touch screen mm-hmm. uh, and now I'm really bummed that it's not one of those cross buy things Nintendo actually just started their first cross buy thing sort of so uh, there's this game called Squid's Odyssey it's like a cartoony tactical RPG game where you play underwater. It looks really cute. Uh, and they just announced that in Europe, not in North America currently, if you buy the 3DS version, which comes out tomorrow, uh, today when this goes up um, mm-hmm. on the website and on YouTube, uh, if you buy the 3DS version, you get the Wii U version for free. Oh, that's cool. But if you uh. bought the Wii U version, you don't get the 3DS version for free. Like, I, they must be still working out some and weird technical And this only applies hurdle. in Europe, right? And it's only in Europe. Uh, the developers said that they actually contacted Nintendo of America to see if they could run it here as well, but for some reason they couldn't. I like to think it's because Nintendo of America is just holding off until they get whatever technical gymnastics in place to be able to make it so that the cross-buy works both ways. Bi-directionality. But it's a start. You know, Nintendo's yeah. making a start at it. And that's good. That's something that, you know, even uh, even Microsoft hasn't done yet. They're really rally- – I mean, Nintendo's having a pretty good run lately. I mean, Mario Kart's doing really well. Uh, mm-hmm. they, maybe they're pulling out of the nosedive they seemed like they were in. I Mario checked Wii U sales game. last week, and Wii U sales were above Xbox One sales. Wow. They were um, – it was like 60,000 versus – I think PS4 sold 100,000 that week. So mm-hmm. – 
um, you know, still behind for sure, but the, the momentum had changed. And hopefully that will, I, I, I say hopefully, because I want Nintendo to do well and keep making all of my favorite games. <laughs> uh, hopefully that will hold until they get Super Smash Brothers and then beyond. And then the next Metroid, the next Zelda game. And Mario Maker. Yeah, oh my god, the next <laughs> Zelda game. Oh, I'm so sorry. I think Metroid is one that feels the most overdue. I guess I would really Star like Fox fans would probably say Star Fox. But oh, Star Fox true. is coming. It's definitely coming? Yeah, so there's Star Fox is coming back. Now we just need Metroid. Also, I'd really like it if we got F-Zero. F-Zero, really? Yeah, why not? Have they announced... Like uh, um, um, what's his name? The Falcon Punch guy? Uh, Captain, Captain Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have they announced him for Super Smash Brothers yet? Uh, dude, People are very worried about dude, that. I cannot keep track of Super Smash Brothers character announcements. It's like there's one every week, but they only announce one character at a time. People are going to have like conniption fits if they don't put that game out soon because people are just like they're getting worked into such a frenzy over who's in the game and who's not yeah well but that's be- that's nintendo's doing because they announce one character at a time and then they just they go like here you go here's this one trickle thing. and then they and then they just back off and go <sighs> hey have Bask. we have we talked about cuphead on this uh on the patch before I think we've, we've talked, talked about, about the it. fact that i know it's on xbox now and not just playstation <laughs> oh really yeah, we oh, talked yeah. about That's it. That's the 1930s game? I might have been, not together, been on there. Okay, so we won't, we won't talk about it if we've already talked about it. Another game that um, I didn't realize that is, I guess has apparently just come out is, did you see the trailer? Uh, it was at E3. I, it was either during the PlayStation or Xbox conference. It was a, a side-scroller from Ubisoft, and it was like this World War One game, and it uh, has like soldier and a dog. And they're going through, and oh, it really seems like the dog. Thing? Yeah, the really sad thing. I literally teared up with that trailer. <laughs> I was, I was sitting there going, Ugh. it just looks really sad. All I know is the trailer ends with the dog laying down on a grave, and is I was it, like, I don't now? know what happened. Spoiler. <laughs> it's just a trailer. Come on, bro. No, I'm saying the trailer's a spoiler. But I, like, I think that That's might war. be people die. That it's might true. be the the <laughs> sort of the whole point of the game, though, is that like. It's you're leading to a sad you're end. You're tearing up right now. You're tearing up talking about it. All right. Well, I think but we're out of time for today. Out. Oh, okay. We're out of time. So I saw, so on, go I find saw sad a thing for it on Steam. Grave. And I'm going to cry. Dead dog. No, dead owner dog game. Or if you just like to watch people in X-ray vision get shot, get Sniper Elite, <laughs> which came out. What do you, make, what do you sure think you get about the right code, though. your game that you played? Did, would you I tell me to get I'm, it? I'm very Shovel glad Knight? I'm playing a controller. I wouldn't even mm-hmm. think about trying it with a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's great. It plays It plays very intuitively. Super cute. I already killed a dragon. That was in the first level. Not to brag. Hit him with my shovel a couple times. You no shoveled a dragon? Shoveled a dragon to death. I don't think that should be allowed. I think dragons really need a higher level of, you know, hey, what's the word hey, enchanted shovel. Hey, oh. I'm the shovel knight. All right, all out. All right, and also you can get FTL and go beat the game and then keep those goddamn yeah. screenshots to yourself. Tell me how yourself. awesome you are, yeah. That'd be great. I never want to hear about it. We'd appreciate it. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye.